You are listening to the Enormo cast. Black Diamond has a marketing problem on their hands. Too many CAM acronyms and abbreviations. The C4, the Z4, the C3, the X4, the C3PO, and the R2D2. Oh, hey, Disney lawyers. Scrap those last two. Anyway, their problem is your gain, because the reason for all the gobbledygook is that Black Diamond refuses to stop refining their cams. In the last five years, old C4s became the ultralight C4s, 30% lighter, and 30% spread out over a rack is pounds, people. And then, seemingly for the hell of it, the old C4s became the new, better, 10% lighter C4s. Yeah, they took their best-selling and standard-setting cam and made it better. Why? Because they love you crack climbers and the cheap dirt bags. Then the X4s and the C3s became the better, lighter, more agile Z4s. And then, they all come in offsets, too. How many of those do they even sell? So how do you keep track of it all? You really only need to keep track of the fact that the climber engineers at BD can't stop won't stop making their cams better so the next time you're in the creek or anywhere else plugging gear, you're set up for yet another best day ever. So go to blackdiamondequipment.com or your favorite local shop for a look at the astounding array of best protection money can buy. And hell, it wouldn't hurt for you to place a nut once in a while either. Hey, guess what? I'm back. That's right me your toes again and i have a news flash for you alpine climbers us guys in our toenails well we're kind of the same crew if you know what i'm saying so mess with one you mess with the other and bashing your toenails black and blue or even straight off in some godforsaken pair of ill-fitting boots stupid not only does it hurt like hell but what's that tinder date gonna say when it's sexy time and they get a load of them feet suddenly it's late we're tired and we're furiously checking our phones for that uber Where's that goddamn Uber? So listen, a pair of sick high-tech mountain boots from Sportiva, and maybe a little technique, is all you're going to need to keep me and my crew happy and healthy. Sportiva's full line of alpine and ice climbing boots are made in Italy by men and women whose life dream it is to keep you comfy and calm when you're run out above your last decent piece, kicking that sastrugi for all you're worth. Mmm, sastrugi. Sounds like something my mama used to make. So go to Sportiva.com or your favorite local shop to check out all the best mountain boots on the planet. And remember, tell them your toes sent you. Listen, uh, uh, where are you playing in town? Are you playing here? We're doing the, uh, the Normo Dome, whatever it is. It's terrific. Oh, it's yeah, big place. That's, out. Out. That's a big nice. place. You sold What's it that out. I'll say, you really should... Look, you better get up there before you panic. Those pens are loose. You're very good. I have really enjoyed climbing with you. We'll make it. I don't think so. But we shall continue with style. Good weather. Bad weather. Now or later, anytime. Today's show is brought to you by Black Diamond Equipment, with support from Maxim Ropes. And the fine folks at La Sportiva. And don't forget our charter sponsor, Bonfire Coffee. Go to bonfirecoffee.com and enter Enorma at checkout for a discount on great coffee and to support the Enorma cast. And now back to the show. (laughs) 
Hello and welcome to the Enormacast. This is your host, Chris Kalous. It is February 1st, 2021, about 8.45 p.m. here in Utah. Coming to you from the camper trailer set up down here in the North Wash in southern Utah. And this is episode 213 of the Enormacast, a conversation with Chelsea Mern. Who is Chelsea Mern? Well, she runs a business called Lady Beta Coaching, which is climbing coaching exclusively for women folk. But don't hang up yet there, boys. A lot to be learned in this episode about how you're relating to those women around you. So yeah, coming to you from out in the desert, got three days off, came down here on a solo mission, and I've been just marching around, aid climbing cracks, mini tractioning cracks, putting up a new route today, at least getting the anchors on it. It's all by my lonesome. It's me and my thoughts. You guys ever do that? You ever go out and just be by yourself for a few days? Even just talking to you guys on this is sort of breaking the spell, but it's pretty awesome to be out in a very quiet, very desolate place all by yourself. And let me tell you, this place is quiet and desolate. I'm, I'm camped just about 100 feet from the road. I haven't heard a car go by in hours because it's wintertime. And since we're down here by Lake Powell, there ain't shit going on down here in the wintertime. Nobody's going to Lake Powell in the wintertime. Can't rage your jet ski when it's this cold out. So yeah, it's fun to go to a climbing area and not see another soul. And I can't really recommend going out and climbing the way I'm climbing. There's a lot of uh, bullshit that's going on with uh, what I'm doing, aiding and then mini tractioning. Plus, I'm all by myself, which uh, if you fuck up and something happens where normally your partner might be able to save your life, they're not around. So yeah, being careful is even more paramount. Maybe what I'm doing isn't the brightest thing. I'll admit, I do have an inReach now, but of course, if the inReach is on the ground and I'm hanging upside down, bleeding out, isn't probably going to help me. So I am being extra careful. I'm not recommending that part of it, but I am recommending going out and being alone with your thoughts for a few days at a time. Alone with your thoughts. How was that? Do you have any good thoughts just now? Yeah, it takes a little longer than that. So one more day tomorrow, and if I can get out of bed, kind of getting beat down by this program, probably because I'm old, but I don't know if there was ever a time where I could do what I was doing, banging up towels, cones, aid climbing, solo, mini tractioning cracks over and over again. I don't think there was ever a time where it wouldn't beat me down. And if this doesn't make it to air, that means I died tomorrow doing what I loved. No, that's not true. What I really love is interpretive dance. Okay, on to the interview with Chelsea. Chelsea Mern runs a website and a business called Lady Beta Coaching. You can check it out online at ladybetacoaching.com. And I just invited her on the show because I've been following her on social media and I've been interested in this subject about how we approach climbing and about how different people, specifically men and women, approach climbing differently. 
I don't know if you've noticed, but the Royal We has had a bunch of women on the podcast in the last few months since July. Been kind of a concerted effort to try to even it out a little bit. And actually, I almost did. I almost made it. 2020 was almost 50-50 men to women, not including myself. The uh, the math didn't quite work out because I had these three-person shows. I was only short a couple. Anyway, the way in which men and women approach climbing differently has always been interesting to me. Well, maybe not always. In my 20s, I probably didn't give a shit. But yeah, in this last year, we've all been reflecting, I think, on the social constructs around climbing and around media and around the outdoor industry in general. Originally sparked back in July by race, but it also includes gender and gender identity and sexual orientation and a lot of stuff that I really hadn't, you know, internalized and kind of put to the test here on the Enormacast. So the first movement was towards having a lot more women on the podcast, and I'm hoping to diversify it more this year. But really, it's thinking about the constructs and the paradigms in which we approach climbing. I think it's a very male paradigm is the fallback in the media. It's certainly the fallback on the Enormacast. I mean, excuse being that I'm a guy. But understanding that people approach climbing from very different directions and to not impose my paradigm on others is, uh, you know, it's an ongoing education. And I'm not going to go on about the patriarchy keeping us all down and that sort of thing. That's uh, other people's department. But what I mean by a sort of male paradigm is that, you know, the history of climbing, at least modern alpinism type climbing, roped climbing, climbing as a recreation uh, was created primarily by men. That's that's just the historical fact. And what we're left with is sort of a male paradigm, this idea of performance and always pushing grades and one-upping each other. And, you know, every time you go climbing, it's some sort of like crucible on which you test yourselves. All these sorts of, you know, mythologies that, that go in with climbing and climbing media and we even play with here on the Enormacast is uh, definitely a very male perspective. And though I'm going to get burned on the generalities here, and we sort of tread in that in this interview because you kind of have to, but, uh, but yeah, it feels like women approach climbing a little bit more holistically. And though performance is important to a lot of women and the training physically in the gym and things looks very, very similar. My big piece of evidence, aside from you know, anecdotal from my own relationships is that there's not a woman climber I know that doesn't talk about how climbing with other women feels very different than climbing with men. And that alone says that there's something different in how we're sort of generally approaching this sport. Um, so exploring that difference is, uh, I think, important to my perspective this far into climbing, and it's important to the perspective of the Enormacast. And part of that exploration is talking to Chelsea today because she coaches only women. She has a very holistic approach to it and goes into places that I would never, ever have expected from my coach. So if you want to find out more about that after the interview, you can go to ladybetacoaching.com and find out what she's up to. But in the meantime, let's hear from Chelsea Mern. I'm sure there okay. are women that listen to your podcast. They do. They actually, yeah. it's surprisingly, every single time I get an email from a woman that's like, I love your podcast. I'm like, 
really? <laughs> Thanks. So, I always, you know, I just kind of have this weird feeling that it's just so dude heavy. But you know, you're six women in a row actually that I've talked to. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Cool. No, I've made I've made a concerted effort since July. I've talked to some other dudes, but I haven't posted a, a guy since uh, since early July. Um, I'm going to have to break the, the, the <laughs> cycles because there's just too many. There's got, you know, dudes just banging down the door. Yeah, as, there's as a lot. Climbing. Yeah, there's so, a lot of them. <laughs> I've, I've kept, it's like zombies. I've kept them at bay, but they're little their little like nails are coming through the door jam right now to, to get on the enormous cast. So, oh, um, but it. I've been doing a concerted effort to just kind of like, I'm actually shooting for a 50, 50 split this year cool. when I'm at the end of the year. So, um, I don't I know like if it. I'm going to make it, but it's going to be darn close. Yeah. I it's going to be a much higher ratio than real climbing. Exactly. The, I guess the point. Yeah. So, but anyway, you're on here because uh, you have a, a, a business that um, specifically is focused on coaching women. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of all starts with I have a really hard time working for other people. Um, I've been in the climbing industry for a long time now. I've worked at plenty of climbing gyms. I have um, a route setting history, which I really loved. Super fun, creative passion of mine. And What I came to realize one day is like, I need to work for myself. I need to do whatever I can to make that happen. And eventually I hired a business coach, which was awesome. And she was asking me, what do you have experience with? What can you help other people overcome? And I was like, well, you know what? I have a lot of confidence in myself. And I think I see that's what's missing with a lot of other women out there. And I really think that I can help them get that confidence so that they can climb harder. It's not necessarily their physical ability that's holding them back. It's that they've been told for so long that you're not strong enough, you're not equal to you know, your male partner over there, or maybe nobody's just guided you through specifically for your body and your hormones how to overcome the fear of falling. So I think for me, it really originated in like, I didn't really feel like I had that space to grow as a climber. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to create that for other women because it's so hard to do things just the, the typical way. I think it just doesn't work for a lot of women. Right. And so were you someone who, um, you know, you mentioned the fear of falling, you mentioned kind of, um, the feedback in the world, you know, telling you that you were not going to ever be strong enough or whatever. And so was that something that you were susceptible to, you feel like in your, um, coming up climbing yourself? I think a little bit, probably less so than most people. I do have a pretty high sense of self-confidence, but Mm -hmm. I think for me, it more manifested in like, I just, I couldn't see what was possible because I maybe didn't have other women mentors in front of me, or I just like, all I saw were guys doing it. So I was like, well, I just can't envision myself doing it that same way. Like I can't take the same route to get there. I have to do it a different way. Let me ask you about a little bit then about, you know, coming up and climbing. What was your cohort like did you uh did you end up climbing with men originally and what did that look like yeah i mean i all all guys all the time i mean it wasn't until just probably recently when i moved back to salt lake that i kind of reconnected and was like yeah i want to climb with women again like it's a really supportive environment not that climbing with men can't be but it's just i think we process things a lot differently and 
that's a big generalization, but mm-hmm. I think it's just working through things looks different for people. And the thing about climbing with women is being able to hold space for them and say, like, I know exactly what you're going through. Like, I've been there. I've been afraid to top out things and I've been afraid to, like, lose control. And I think for me, like, it goes deeper than just like, oh, I'm afraid to lose control just because. Like, it's because of the way our society is that women, historically, we haven't had control. We haven't been equals. So it's really working through those things and asking those deeper questions. Like, why are you so afraid to be vulnerable? Like, what does that mean for you? And I think people really love rock climbing because they're like, oh man, I can totally just forget about the rest of my life and go rock climbing. And I'm like, you can't, you cannot separate the two because (laughs) your experiences, everything you've been through, will manifest when you are the most scared. Like it will come out when you do not want it to. So it's like, we need to cycle backwards and work through those like root cause things that Uh have happened to you and start to pull those apart before we can like throw you on a boulder problem. It's easy to kind of, um, I mean, and we are gonna probably as well, just talk in sort of generalizations and kind of anecdotal evidence. So as you, started to pick these things apart as you said um and and position yourself to help others with them you know what did your research what did your training kind of look like to to put you in a position to go beyond you know these kind of platitudes about what women do and what men do that we i think we you know just for conversational reasons we sort of traffic in a bit and we have some understanding of them but what did your like uh path to you know, putting yourself in a position to help other people with this look like? Yeah. So, I mean, I actually went to school for political science, which is a fun fact not many people know about me. A a Um, fun fact on November 4th (laughs) at uh, 10 a.m. in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm tuned in. Um, But I also have a Spanish degree. And when I graduated college, like I was just like, I don't, what am I doing? Like I, neither of these things do I want to make a career out of. Like I, I don't even know what I was thinking those Whoops. four years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoops, I messed up. Like, and I just went straight I mean, in. <laughs> being able to speak Spanish is cool. It like, is. Like, regardless, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. In, in the poli who knows? <laughs> in the middle of Utah, it's very useful here. Right. Um, yeah, but I just, I felt really lost for a long time. So I was like, okay, well, I really like working out. You know, I like that feeling of being strong. Maybe I'll do the personal trainer thing. So I got that certification and then you know, fast forward a couple of years and I really struggled with my relationship with food. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get that health coaching certifications, you know, to get that knowledge for myself. I don't know if I'm actually going to use it with other people. And then hiring that business coach, I was like, great, these are the two tools that I can use. Kind of that third one that I'm missing is mindset. Like, how do you get certified to help somebody with mindset beyond being a therapist? And Mm -hmm. the thing for me was, I found brain rewiring. So that's learning to create different neural pathways in your brain. And there's actually a certification program for that that I'm currently going through. And for me, that just felt like the missing piece because everything comes back to mindset, every single little thing, you know, whether it's you want to get stronger. Like, why do you want to get stronger? Why do you want to get better at rock climbing? Is it to feel more confident, to feel more empowered? Great. That's your mindset. It's not just to be strong because none of us would do it just for that. You know, there's there's those deeper reasons. And I think for me, mindset was always like that, that missing piece that like I had the worst mindset for so long. So it's like if I could help other people with their mindsets and accelerate that process for them, like that to me, I felt like was really the answer. So brain rewiring has official steps that you're supposed to follow and it 
pretty much combines really powerful visualization practice with affirmations. So you can tell I like to go deep. I don't care about the superficial stuff. I want to know your biggest, deepest, darkest secret because that's where we're really going to move forward from. So it's like if we can figure out the things that have happened to you that have caused you a lot of pain and suffering, then we can start to move forward. And with brain rewiring, it's like really identifying those core limiting beliefs that we have, things like I'm not good enough or, you know, like I just I'm a burden to other people or I just I can't be vulnerable because I've been hurt too many times. If you can work on those things, the rest of your life and your relationships and your climbing are going to improve. That's pretty intense, actually. (laughs) I mean, you know, if someone's like, hey, I need a good hangboard workout you know i think i'll go check out chelsea's thing and all of a sudden you're like no 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 that's not what we're gonna do today and you're they're just like holy shit i mean it does sound a lot like therapy um but yeah that's that's pretty intense let's let's talk a little bit more about that i mean have have people been you know clients that sort of dip their toe in been surprised at this because i would never have thought that that's where you know and i was if if i was to you know, click on like, oh, let me see what Chelsea's got going on over there. Maybe there's something for me um, that that's where we'd end up. Has anyone ever balked at that kind of thing? Um, I mean, I feel like I have a pretty good read on people, you know, like Uh I can read body language. Like if somebody doesn't want to go there, I'm not going to go there with them. You know, I'm not going to push it and force it to make it happen. Um, I truly believe that conversations unfold the way that they are meant to, you know, like Mm -hmm. you're going to pick up on things. And for me, like I'm able to, I'm able to kind of hear the thing people don't want to say. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tolerate you being surface level with me. Like if you come to me really wanting mindset help, you're going to leave with mindset help for, you know, I work with people in different capacities too. Like I have programs that people can buy and yeah, it's just a hangboard program. And, you know, if you don't want the mindset work, that's fine. That's interesting because my uh, crossroads with training, you know, it's really involves just like specifically getting stronger. And that's the way I've always thought about training, but talking to you now and also, you know, Blake Kaysen, I did an interview with her a few couple of years ago and and th- that's like this whole other aspect that I don't know if I'm too old or too like stuck in my ways but it's just something I never consider and yet you know it's beating against my head all the time when I hear about it but it also sounds a lot bigger than climbing like what you're offering at least at that level may be more using climbing as a tool to expanding yourself and in, in all other parts of your life is that kind of part of you think what what your mission is? Yeah, I mean, it has to be, you know, like if I getting better at climbing is awesome, but if we can improve your life, climbing inherently is just so selfish. You know, like we just Mm -hmm. do it. I just want to get stronger. But like, can we add this other element of can we also improve your life? Can we make you a better person so that you have a better reflection on the world? That's the work that I want to do. I love rock climbing, but I needed to pair it with something that felt bigger than that. You know, like if I were to write Mm -hmm. training plans all day, every day, I would not be happy. I would know that I'm not making as big of an impact on the world as I know I could. Like I was, I was meant to do more. I was meant to show people what's possible. Um, I do a lot of business coaching as well. So helping other coaches build their businesses so that we can reach more people. You know, it's essentially like If anybody feels like they want to have a coach at any point in time, they should do that. They shouldn't feel limited to like, oh man, I have to climb X grade before I do that, or I've only been climbing for like a year. 
if you want a coach, there should be a coach out there that you resonate with and really connect with and gives you an amazing experience. Have you ever thought or had someone come to you um, that simply maybe just wants to enjoy climbing more, you mm-hmm. know, at, at any level? Because it's funny because I've always thought, I've thought that like if I could coach anybody in anything in terms of, of rock climbing, that would sort of be it. Like, let's talk about how to actually enjoy the pursuit because it's funny because I see so many people that, you know, you walk around a crag or whatever and they just seem to be having the worst day ever, you know, or or whatever happens to be. And I'm like, gosh, a lot of these people just don't seem to enjoy this sport very much. Um, Is that, you know, is that a part of like maybe what you're getting at with, uh, with some people is to, you know, maybe not beat yourself up so much, all those sorts of things? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, so think of the reasons why we might not find climbing fun. Uh, Maybe you're comparing yourself to your friend, your partner. That's going to feel a lot less fun. Maybe you have a really narrow definition of success. Oh, I either made it to the top or I I didn't. I failed. Mm -hmm. So that's not going to be fun for you. There's a lot of different things that we can do to kind of shift that perspective and bring that joy back. And also like asking, like, why do you climb? Like, what is the point? What do you want to feel inside? And when you go to the crag, when you go to the gym, how do you want to feel instead? And what's Mm -hmm. stopping you from being there now? So if you can identify the thing that's holding you back, we can work on that, you know? Like, I'm not saying like, oh, it should just be all fun all the time. Like climbing's hard, you know? We We don't have to do this. We don't have to be like, yeah, I would like to shred my fingers to get to the top of that thing but it's because we feel this deeper connection you know it's empowering it makes us feel confident it makes us feel strong or whatever it is like how can we come back to that yeah the thing about like me becoming a coach I think I I would worry that I would just you know half the people I'd just be like I I just don't think it's right for you like I think climbing's not your thing you know so yeah my business plan terrible business plan (laughs) it's like good day good day to you yes here turn your rack in I'll take those quick draws here's a set of golf clubs this is this is going to be your thing from now on (laughs) yeah I mean it's it's pretty common like so for me since I do work primarily with women like maybe when they started climbing it was with a partner and they did it because that other partner wanted to go to the crag you know I don't see a lot of women start to climb by themselves for themselves so it's coming back to like why are you climbing are you climbing for somebody else Mm. no like Mm -hmm. we need to get you separated from that and if you truly don't like climbing that's fine you know you don't need to climb but if we can figure out like where is your motivation coming from are you internally motivated by climbing externally motivated and maybe we need to shift that a little bit that's a i think that's a huge thing and there's like a oftentimes there is this crossroads or this wake up from you know like oh i got swept into this uh you know because of in in the case of women because of a boyfriend oftentimes or vice versa um i've talked to more and more actually women lately in general but also more and more women who yeah they they you know tried to get their boyfriend or they're like i just talked to tara kersner she tried to get her then husband into climbing you know so you can be brought into it for all sorts of reasons and and one other one i see a lot too is is if you got into it as a young person um and it was kind of like your social structure through high school or whatever and then you know all of a sudden it's not that important to you and you have a kind of a decision to make about about whether you keep going and you're saying you could help people with all those sorts of things 
Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's again, like that's why the mindset is so important because Mm -hmm. if you're not enjoying something, there's a reason why, like there's a disconnect somewhere. Can we find that? So you have a perform, I mean, just because it's called coaching, I think there's a performance part of it. Certainly, you know, and I only half jokingly, like the best climber is the one having most fun. Yeah. But oftentimes the best climber is also having the most fun, you know, because she's actually succeeding <laughs> right. on everything. Just crushing. So it's like, yeah. 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 Yep. You know, it's like, I'm just, I just crushed everything at the Craig. I had a great time. It's yep. like, oh, I didn't. And I had a terrible time. So <laughs> anyway, but uh, the the performance thing is, again, always going to be a factor in that. And, um, and how much do you think percentage wise? I mean, you don't have to put a percentage on it, but just what's your philosophy where you're you know, trying to find both ends of that spectrum in terms of coaching people performance and also coaching people on mindset. I'll use a personal example for me and hopefully this can resonate with people. So I, I don't think I've climbed a quote hard thing in two years. Like it's been a while for me. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that I could see that as like, wow, that really sucks. Or I'm not a good climber anymore. Or like, wow, are people going to judge me? Like, I don't even climb hard as a coach anymore. You know, like I've probably maybe sent one five twelve in the last two years. So for me, being able to look at, okay, what ex- other external factors are happening for me that have maybe mm-hmm. contributed to that. So I'm growing a business and I have to choose where I spend my time. It's if I chose to go climbing every single time, I would not be where I am with my business. And I think at a certain point, like people need to understand that the amount of things going on in your head have a big effect on whether or not you feel like you can output your performance. So thinking of 2020, what are the external stressors that you have right now? And you need to take those into factor because you can't expect your relationship with climbing or maybe even like taking lead falls to feel the same because you have more stress in your life. You know, it's a lot of women that I work with are super hard on themselves because they're like, I just, I'm so afraid of falling. Like I thought I was over this. And I'm like, yeah, Mm. but how much stress do you have in your life right now? Like, you know, maybe people don't feel necessarily affected by quarantine anymore or the election or whatever it is. But it's like, if you're getting input from media and you're still having those things in your brain, like that's affecting you. So for me, like when somebody's like, oh, I want to go perform. I'm like, great. We've, we've got to do that root cause stuff again. You know, I keep saying it, but it's like, we can't keep putting a bandaid on it and assume it's just going to go away. Like we have to get down to the root of it. And if we can't fix those external stressors for you, we need to change the way that you respond to them. So can we give you better coping strategies? I like to think of stress as a bucket and every stressful thing that happens to us is another drop in the bucket. And if we never dump that bucket out, it's going to overflow. And it's not necessarily, you know, the stressors, it's it's just too many of them. So if you can figure out things that make you feel really good, and I think too, also recognizing exercise is a stressor. Typically and historically, it's been like a great stressor, but if you do too much of it, if you are overtraining, that is a negative stressor on your body. So Mm -hmm. every time you Mm -hmm. go out and climb, while it might make you feel good, it's stressing your body. So taking that into account as well. The amount of stress with that comes out of your telephone comes out of your freaking smartphone at you is just like something I never grew up with. And it's just this mounting national mental health crisis that's coming out of those effing phones. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is, is that is that anywhere in your work of like, hey, maybe you shouldn't look at the uh, social media so much? 
Absolutely. So for me, I think a lot of things that like one of the big things that women struggle with is comparison to other people. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Instagram right there. Like if we work together, you must unfollow or mute all of those people that when you interact with their profile, you leave that and you feel less than. That is not doing anything for you. Unfollow the Fitspo accounts. Unfollow the professional climbers that don't make you feel good. It's not worth it because especially so if you're checking your phone in the morning, you're letting all of those highlight reels essentially set the tone for your day. You're waking up and you already feel less than like you're the rest of your day is not going to go better than that. So for you, like really drawing that boundary and saying like, no, like I'm going to set the tone for my day. I want to do X, Y, and Z, get a better morning routine. I'm not going to get on my phone until, you know, whenever it is. So in my group coaching program, Elevate, I have all of my ladies for a week. I'm like, okay, just try this. Like when we talk about, you know, overcoming that comparison trap, this is something that I want you to try. And I, I'm pretty sure you're going to feel better after of it because you get to kind of take your control back. A lot of times with social media, things have like snuck up on there that were like, I don't even know how I'm following this, but it doesn't make me feel good. But it's a lot of the times you almost need that permission to be like, cut that off at the source, cut it off. So for me, like when I follow some professional climbers, so I have a history of disordered eating and I can I can see through what they post and I can see that that for them, like they also don't have a healthy relationship with food. So for me, I don't I don't want to see that, you know, like that's something that I don't want necessarily being promoted in my life is having that disordered relationship with food in order to climb harder. So for me, I don't want to see it. I don't want it there. And, you know, that can go for any number of different reasons for people. But our brains, they're literally wired to remember the negative. So if we aren't consciously putting positive things in front of us, like we're, we become addicted to the negative. So it's like we almost seek it out. Yeah, that's yeah. It's such an unfortunate part of being human, I think, is that that negative feedback loop, certainly. So let's talk a little bit about your climbing. You said in the last couple of years, you've been focused on this business. But, you know, part of, uh, again, bringing you to the table as far as starting Lady Beta Coaching was a relationship with climbing that probably had its own ups and downs. What do you, what do you think were some of like, not, not I'm not talking about how hard you climb, but what were some of the things that, you know, drew you to climbing and then also maybe reinforced your love for climbing? Like what were some of the times that you really found this, this thing that we, uh, we love so much to be like an affirming process? One of the first times I ever climbed was in this silly gym in Idaho and it was for a high school gym class. And I was like, wow, I don't suck at this. Like, this is fun. Um, I had been a competitive swimmer for a long time before that. I had upper body strength and I was like, okay, I feel like I'm good at this. Like, I'm actually better than most of the dudes in my class. And for me, I was like, that's really fun. Like, that's motivating and stuck with it. And I think it's that sense of empowerment. Like, that's why I still climb and that's why I want to get better and stronger and keep increasing that confidence. And one of the big moments that stands out in my mind is I had a partner that I climbed with a lot and I watched him climb this 13B in Spokane, Washington. And I looked at that thing and I was like, I will never do that. I will never climb that route. And, you know, a couple of years later, I actually got on it. I started working it and I was like, whoa, this is my style. Like, Mm -hmm. The reason I thought that I couldn't do that is because I was trying to envision myself doing it like him. And I just had to find my own way to do it. And eventually I did send that and I did it relatively quickly. And I was like, wow, like if I'm capable of this, something that I literally sat there and told myself I couldn't do, like what else is out there? 
the the telling yourself you can't do something thing is something that I've definitely struggled with as well. Just like writing off something because it's a certain grade or something because it's a certain style seems to be something that I kind of just do as a almost like as a habit, if you will. You know, someone who climbs, uh, who does sport climb a lot, I just have like a certain group of sport climbs that I'm just like, no, those aren't for me. Even even with a ton of of these sorts of experiences where I did actually finally like decide to do something that I had written off and then I did it and I had the experience you had like, wow, I can do this. But for some reason, it's like, I don't know, the patina on my on that part of my brain is just like too thick. It's just like won't crack and fall away. Um, You know, if you were going to diagnose me, like what's what's got to happen in my head? Um, to turn that around after, you know, 30 years of climbing and, and 49 years in, on the planet. Yeah, I mean, so people a lot of times have fear of failure. You know, oh, my God, if I get on this, whatever grade, and I've climbed a couple of the other grades and I can't do this one, what does that mean about me? Um, but on the flip side, a lot of people have fear of success. If you do that, what does that mean about you? Do you need to start climbing harder stuff, scarier stuff, taller stuff? Is that going to change your relationship with your belayer? Is it going to change your relationship with your friends? So really examining, like, what am I actually afraid of if I get on this? What am I thinking is going to happen? And then addressing it that way. As someone who's got a, a, a women-specific coaching, do you, do you get sort of, like, negative feedback from dudes in terms of, like, um, you know, the kind of like the the analog to feminist movement, like, well, why aren't you accepting men? And why are you like being, you know, discriminatory? Do you ever get any of that bullshit? Sometimes. Um, for me, I just kind of brush it off because the amount of times that women have told me, thank you for making this space for me, like, thank you for actually mm-hmm. telling me things that make sense and resonate with me, far outweighs that. And I think, too, like, that's a lot of projection, you know, like, right. to say, hey, like, I don't have a space. Oh, really, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a space for me. I'm like, you have the space. The space was created for you, you know, so right. it's, it's not going to affect you if a woman has a space where she feels comfortable, you know, like, let it let it be. Now, but let me ask you this. If if some dude in, was begging you, like, this sounds like what I need and I can't find it anywhere else. And I don't want to attend any of the groups. Like, I don't have to be the guy that's with you. But, like, can we get a little online thing going? Would you, would you, do you have anything like that? Would you accept that? It depends. Um, so I work with a very limited amount of people one-on-one just because, I mean, to scale okay. a business, you can't work with everybody one-on-one. You do have to do things like groups and um, passive offers. But, I mean, I would probably try to refer out unless, like, for me, I have a, I'm have a pretty good judge of character. Like, I can tell maybe where your motivations are or what you're really struggling right. with. Um, I mean, I'm not going to, like, totally write it off, but it would really have to be the right fit. What if I have $100,000? Money doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, oh, me, really? Yeah. Like, so, okay. I mean, this is a million dollars. We can coach me. Please. We can get into money mindset. But like for me, I am, I know there's enough money out there for me and I will, the perfect right. clients will be out there willing to pay, you know, my prices and whatever it is. And right. if it's not a good right. fit, it's not a good fit. And for me, like nobody does what I do. Nobody has the background certifications experiences that I have. So it's not going to be exactly the same. I mean, it does get really difficult because there are like unless you are a therapist like where are those mindset Mm -hmm. certifications you know you can do your n equals one 
type of stuff with other people and share your experiences. But that's pretty shallow mindset work. And for Mm -hmm. me, that's why it was so important to get certified with brain rewiring. Um, I do have a lot of other ladies in my program that are certified to do that as well. So that's probably where I would go first, honestly, is somebody that wasn't in the climbing industry for that specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're saying that like brain rewiring outside of climbing can be brought back into your your sort of climbing mindset. For sure. And maybe it would even be more beneficial sometimes because for me, I I have this such like narrow focus. I'm like, okay, we've got to bring it back to climbing. You know, everything's going to be connected, whereas somebody outside of that might see things that I just missed. When, when you've done some of this stuff, you know, trying to get into these things in people's minds that are holding them back, have you ever sort of wandered into some territory where you felt a little maybe unqualified to go in? Uh, some of the darkness that are in people's minds? I mean, so... Or had to maybe refer out to something a little more heavy? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I believe people end up where they need to go. And for me, I have a lot of women that have dealt with sexual abuse, rape. Um, Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people that their partners, you know, maybe have passed away or not treated them well. Like, I've had a lot of clients that have gone through some deep shit. And, you know, I'm probably not their first stop. You know, they've probably tried a lot of other things, but yeah, I'm not afraid to refer out, but I'm also not afraid to dig deeper with people. And I, for me, it is important to know like, okay, where's the line between like, I I can't help you with that. And I think maybe Mm -hmm. you need something else. And, you know, yeah, it is a delicate line, but again, like having, having somebody for me, like I need to hold space for people. So it's like whatever conversation you need to have, you can have it with me. Yeah, it's it's still coming back to this surprising thing for me again is how like uh, much bigger this is than climbing and and sort of holistic that it is. Um, even though climbing seems to be the platform under which to to work on all these sorts of things. Um, maybe we've covered this a little bit, but let me ask you uh, to to either reiterate or go into it. Like, why is the climbing for you, what do you see the climbing part of it as this, like almost this platform for self-improvement, you know, versus maybe it's just your experience, you know, versus like, like a lady golfer coaching or whatever, you know, where we go at it all the same way, but instead it's golf or it's, you know, kayaking or it's whatever. Why, why climbing for you? Is it just because that's what you're into or do you think climbing has a, a bigger purpose um, in, in what you're doing? I think it does. I mean, I think kind of the connection point there is maybe spirituality, which whatever that means to you, you know, for me, it means Mm -hmm. like being Mm -hmm. in nature, like that's how I feel connected to a greater purpose. And maybe I would get that with golf. I'm not sure I'm a terrible golfer. But I think too, like, it is it is that bigger picture of like, how do I feel in my body? Do I feel confident, bold, you know, whatever it is. And I can do that through climbing, but I also need to work on these other things. So why not do it at the same time where you can do it through the climbing Mm -hmm. lens and have that make a bigger, better impact on your life. And yeah, maybe it's not even about the climbing, but that's just for me, like, I, I really believe like I was put here to do this work and maybe people need to find me first through a training program. And then they listen to some other things that I have to say and they're like, Oh my God, that's me. So I think it's a good like starting point as a coach. It's always like, okay, you, you need to listen to what people think they want and need, but you need to give them what they actually need. And those are generally not the same things. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny because I started thinking that, um, as we've been talking that, and you mentioned this, I think in the beginning that 
you know, a lot of people finally come to coaching, climbing coaching when they've reached a certain level in their climbing, um, you know, and, and it's usually a somewhat advanced level. I think when I hear about people going to coaches, it's because they're, they're, you know, they've reached this plateau at, at a pretty hard grade, but want to, want to go further. But the more I listen to you, it's like, gosh, you know, what would actually be really freaking useful is if you were like a year into climbing, um, and you signed up for, lady beta coaching like it would it it seems like it would like set you up for a lifetime of enjoying climbing versus getting to a place where like i'm you know i don't even know why i like this anymore and i don't even you know what i mean like get to the crisis moment and like oh this lady beta coaching thing sounds like it might help me Mm -hmm. you know find myself again and it's like well if you'd have done it you know while you're still climbing 5.8 you probably would be like just as happy climber still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. is that a pitch anywhere? And what you do, like, just go recruit beginners. Like, you need some coaching. You need to get some you coaching. on the right track. Yeah, it sounds awesome, actually. When I think about it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly why I created it is because I did not have that when I first started. And I got to like that bitter jaded point where I was like, I don't like climbing. Like, I'm going to sell my shoes on Craigslist and I'm done with this. Like, it just got to the point where it wasn't fun anymore. I didn't feel like I was progressing and I didn't have any support. And I think it's becoming a little bit more mainstream now to like hire a coach. But I have had a lot of women go through my programs to where they've been climbing for under a year and they come out of it. And I think they do have a way better outlook on, you know, broadening their definition of success, narrowing the definition of failure. And they are able to enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. Just like I said, like, wait, don't wait till it's a crisis, you know. Yeah. Um, And I think that, you know, and and with my own training this year, it wasn't exactly it was more of a logical um, choice around you know, aging and things like that for me, it wasn't exactly a crisis, but, you know, as I trained some this year, I I just kept thinking that like, well, shoot, I should have done this, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I should have done it when I was here in my climbing career. Um, And this is just pure physical kind of training that we were doing. The mental thing sounds really fascinating to kind of, you know, in a, in an alternate universe, like plug that into my climbing at some point maybe 20 years ago or something like that to change yeah to change a direction or to change a plateau or to change a a dip in my enthusiasm you know what I mean even if you would have heard it then you wouldn't have been open to it you know like there's a reason you're hearing it now and if you would have heard it 20 years ago you would have been like that's bullshit (laughs) (laughs) how do you know <laughs> Just have an inkling. I didn't know you 20 years ago. You were what? How old were you 20 years ago? <laughs> nine. I was nine. Okay, cool. Yeah, all right. You'd have been like, hey, dude, you're full of shit. Yeah. I'm like, who is this nine year old? Get away from me. <laughs> you need mindset work. Yeah. You need mindset work. Like, God, I had the weirdest encounter with this nine year old today. <laughs> she saw right through me. She just was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was just on the swing, and she just looked at me and told me I needed mindset <laughs> mindset training, um, or I will in the future. Anyway, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, we've been talking about why to do it. How, how do you do it? Like, what what what, what do you need from somebody um, in terms of what should they bring to the table when they uh, when they approach you to uh, to get a program? So it's kind of like that first thing, like, are you willing to be open, vulnerable, and have somebody else hold space for you? Um, I think a lot of the times doing that deeper mindset work, it's like maybe you haven't had a chance to talk about things and 
maybe make connections, connect pieces of the puzzle for yourself. And it's my job. Like, I truly believe everybody has the answers inside of themselves already. They either need to be asked the right questions or just have somebody hold space for them. So it's like, you can do all of that work, but if you're not open to it, it's not going to go anywhere. So just knowing and kind of like having those things that, okay, I think I need to work on these things, but being open to, hey, it might be greater than that. It might be something completely different than that, or they might be all connected. What is your uh, advice to the gentleman um, who are out there maybe climbing with women partners, maybe climbing with uh, you know, women partners who are they're in relationships with, um, or just climbing, you know, in a gym with a mixed crowd of, of genders. Like, what do you think, you know, without like berating us too much, how, how do we, you know, should we be viewing, you know, the way, um, our partners are relating to it and, and our behaviors towards that? Probably the first thing is to like make sure you're not holding double standards. Put your shirt on. Is that the yeah, first thing? Yeah, put, put your shirt. No, <laughs> your I'm shirt like I don't. On. I don't care. But make sure you're not <laughs> holding double standards for people expressing their emotions. Um, so women have emotions. I mean, we all have emotions, but I think men historically have been like, it's like, don't show your emotion, you know, so you have a much different relationship to your emotions than women might have. So making sure that, you know, if like some dude falls off a boulder and he's like, damn it. And like, gets really mad. Like, is that also okay for a woman to do that? Make sure you're not judging them differently for that expression. And the same goes with sadness. Like for me, like when I get frustrated, I cry. And is that a weakness? Definitely not. But I, I think it's going to make a lot of dudes uncomfortable, but that's, that's just what I need to do to get it out. And that doesn't make me, you know, an emotional person or a worse rock climber or hard to be around. Like that's, it's very normal for that to happen. So I would say kind of like examining how you're viewing people when they show their emotions Mm -hmm. and then being able to hold space for them too. Like saying like, that's okay. It's okay that you feel frustrated. You've talked about that, or you've used that phrase a few times. Expand on what exactly that means, um, this idea that you do this, you hold space, or that someone should hold space somewhat for someone. Can you elaborate on sort of the, the meaning behind that phrase? Yeah, so I mean, that's essentially being like in a very trusting relationship. So I mean, people in romantic relationships can hold space for each other. You know, it's like you tell me something that maybe you wouldn't just tell an acquaintance on the street. And I'm going to sit there and listen to you. I'm not going to insert my advice, my judgment, like it's literally for you to take up space in the world and you know great we could just like sit there and talk to nothing but it's probably far more effective to know hey we've made that human connection with somebody else and this person Mm -hmm. knows my pain and they can see it the space thing is interesting because you you, you're like saying and i think it's totally appropriate like hold space for women to express their emotions for me giving each other shit about their climbing performance is how men at least all my guy friends we relate to each other we we and you know the 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 british have my favorite phrase for it which is taking the piss out of you so if you fall off of a climb i'm as likely to laugh at you you know as i am to be like oh i'm so sorry you just fell off of that climb that's how we do it but i've i've definitely tread into that world and pissed off i mean some some uh, guy climbers too but a lot of times women climbers you know, I, I just, that's my natural instinct is to be like, oh, too bad. So sad. You blew that move. You know, like, like we give each other so much shit, but that, that's just like one of those cases where I just see a, 
that space issue where you're you forget to put the, the that that partner in the space that they need. We I just treat everybody kind of the same. Sure. And yeah, I mean, you can read that from some people. Like if somebody gives you the evil eyes after you say that, you're like, that was the wrong thing. And I mean, but that's also why not everybody. Well, and God forbid I actually apologize, you know, for saying it. It's so confrontational men. We're just like awful that way. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, but also that's why not everybody's a coach is because not everybody has that capacity to read people, you know, and Mm -hmm. give them the support that they need. I'm not the same coach with every single one of my clients. You know, I, I'm very firm and I don't tolerate bullshit and I'm going to dig deeper. But sometimes people really do need to just be supported and they need to be told like, it's not your fault. It's okay. And being able to like make that differentiation is hard. But for me, if I would have started climbing in the 90s, I'm pretty sure I would have not continued because that type <laughs> of environment, like the berating and like, I would, I would have quit. I don't know. Maybe I just can't handle it. It was pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm like, we have all of these things that tell us how impactful our words are, how Mm. important and powerful they are. And if we're essentially wasting them, berating other people, and we have Mm. all of this other stuff saying, hey, when you speak positively, that has to have an effect on humans to like, why why not just try it this other way? Like, why not just Mm. try to be supportive? You know, ultimately, I think it also probably comes down to like, people doing the berating and like maybe making fun or making jokes like Mm -hmm. it's a protectionism mechanism like you're just trying to not be vulnerable you're trying to like it hurt you that you fell off that route but you're trying to like cover it up by cracking jokes last kind of question throughout the the norma cast and and just my my life as a climber especially as gyms have, have come up like the interpersonal relationship in climbing between men and women um romantically sexual you know, that kind of thing that happens within climbing has always been a big topic in climbing. And, in, and a lot of times it's a complaint to, from women, you know, about partner that's not a partner kind of set up like, oh, we thought we were just going climbing, but you thought this was going to happen kind of thing. You know, is that something that you deal with when you're talking to women, this, this idea that I think it's throughout society, but especially like in a gym that it's kind of got this sort of singles vibe that goes on. Is that something that women bring to you as, as a problem that you uh, need to work through? Yeah. With them? Yeah. I'm honestly like, it kind of sucks because, you know, nobody wants to like be encroached upon when they're outside mm-hmm. or at the gym, but the reality of it is like sometimes women just like need to put on headphones to like signal to other people like I don't want you to approach me like this is my space and this is something that I want to do for myself by myself right now and you know maybe that makes it kind of hard to meet people but I think people are probably getting a little bit more comfortable saying like hey here's the relationship that I would like to have whether it's like we just go climbing or maybe you know I am looking to potentially date somebody but I think yeah, it, it just comes down to like a respect thing. All women that are climbing by themselves are not all single. We all know that. But it's, does this person want me to talk to them in the first place? There's not a woman I've climbed with that hasn't had those complaints about um, this idea that they're in a gym or going climbing with another guy to to eventually move to a romantic situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, so with that too, I mean, that goes back to like, how we've been raised as men and women is why why you the person that doesn't have the headphones why do you feel the need to impose your will 
you know, Mm -hmm. either to get a response, to get a reaction, to have somebody talk to you, to that person with the headphones. Like, why? (laughs) Who knows? Uh, well, awesome. It, it sounds like, again, you know, this whole program that you do far more holistic than I imagined when I, I hit you up to do this uh, to do this show. Um, sounds like you're offering quite a bit more than just climbing training. I think that's the point. <laughs> right on. Well, cool. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show. And um, if anybody needs to uh, get in touch with you, how do they do that? So I like Instagram. I'm at ladybeta.coaching and then also my website, ladybetacoaching.com. I have a lot of really good highlights on my Instagram, tons of information on there. If you are a lady and you want to join the Lady Beta Facebook group, so many videos. I've got tons of resources, information, education on there. And that's a closed group. Yep. Yeah, cool. Um, That's absolutely, completely, a thousand percent appropriate in this day (laughs) and age. So, uh, well, thanks for coming on and... um, Let's, uh, let's hope for better days ahead. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and thanks to Chelsea for sitting down. If you are interested in coaching from Chelsea or anything else about her, Go to Lady Beta Coaching, Lady Beta Coaching, LadyBetaCoaching.com. It rolls off the tongue, Lady Beta Coaching. And if you hear this in time, on the 10th of February, there is a free brain rewiring seminar that you can join. If you go over to Lady Beta Coaching, you can click on the banner and check that out. Brain rewiring. I need some mouth rewiring to say brain rewiring. Okay. Ski season started out here in the West. So please, if you're one of those people, one of the ski types, I am a little bit, please stay safe out there. Colorado in particular has had already a very difficult winter as far as avalanche deaths are concerned. And if you're ice climbing out here, know that the snow has made those objectively much more dangerous as well. And if you're just a good old rock climber, well, guess what? Desert season's right around the corner, people. Anyway. Hope it's nice where you are. Hope you're getting out and have some fun. And please, even if you're skiing, check your knot. uncomfortable, Mr. Lebowski. Uh, is that what this is a picture of? In a sense, yes. My art has been commended as being strongly vaginal, which bothers some men. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Vagina. Oh, yeah? Yes, they don't like hearing it and find it difficult to say, whereas without batting an eye, a man will refer to his dick, or his rod, or his Johnson. Johnson?